0: Yo, Indecent exposés. this is Jason. Now, you've been listening to this show for a while now. And don't tell me you haven't. Server stats don't lie. And it's time for you to pony the hell up. These episodes, they cost money to make, you know. I've been spending my money. Now, how about it's time we spend some of your money? Go to our crowdfunding page at patreon.com slash greylockglass. If you can't spell that, just follow the link. In the sidebar at greylockglass.com. You'll find your way. Now, I'm not asking you to do something that you can't do. When you get there, become a patron at a level that's comfortable for you. One dollar a month, five dollars a month, ten dollars a month. The important thing, you pay your fair share. Thank you. Ushering in a new era in independent arts celebration. Indecent exposure. You were.
1: Indecent exposure for the third time. That's
0: exactly what it is there, Pindexter. It is four counts of indecent exposure. This is episode number 17 of Indecent Exposure here at the Greylock Glass. Today is Friday, November 20th, 2015. I am your host, Jason Velasquez, known in an alternate universe as The Mongrel. And I thank you for tuning in. Before we get officially underway with this show. A couple of shout-outs, few shout-outs. Uh, first to Seth Brown, who hosts the open mic comedy night at, uh, at the Parlor Cafe in North Adams every third Thursday. I went for the first time last night. It's a free show. It's a great time. It's a lot of laughs. And in these troubled days uh, we're living in right now, I'd say we can all use to get our butts down to the nearest Open mic Comedy show and uh, and just let it all out, right? Because where else can you, frankly? Um, and I guess there's going to be another one opening up in Pittsfield at Dottie's. I think it's going to be on the second Tuesday, but we will we will check that out and we'll and keep you informed. And of course, you can always check out Dottie's website and we'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Another shout out to my brand new... Facebook Buddy Darcy, who just uh, hipped me to a couple of things going on. Actually, one major thing that's going on this weekend that I did not know about. So much to not know about in this county. Uh, at the Berkshire South Regional Community Center down in Great Barrington, if you can make it out there, um, they're having the Marketplace Menagerie and Craft Fair. And that is uh, Saturday, tomorrow, uh, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., and there are a, there's just an incredible list of uh, participating vendors. I'll read off a couple of them. We've got uh, Serenity, Bamboo Flutes. We've got Treacle and Wolf, Mountain Girl Farm, John's Leather, uh, Sweet Cruel Embroidery, and uh, the Berkshire Boots and Bridles 4-H Club. Going to be there. So if you have time and if you've got an interest in... Uh, Craftiness, a lot of crafty people around here uh, the Berkshire South Regional Community Center is the place to be tomorrow I'm sure there's plenty of stuff going on all over the county, but that sounds like a pretty good time so thanks Darcy uh, and lastly, big shout out to my adopted cousin Alwyn, who uh is ecstatic his whole family is ecstatic uh, because. Uh, His niece, Andrea Tovar, was just crowned Miss Columbia. And that's a big deal. Uh, So congratulations to Alwyn. Well, actually to Alwyn's niece and uh, and that whole family. I can't think of a single reason why I should expect uh, Miss Columbia to show up in the Berkshires. But I guarantee you, if for some reason she does... We'll get her on the show for an interview. All right, so that's that's that out of the way. There's probably a bunch of things that we could talk about. But let's get to our interview with a fairly young musician who is definitely making a name for himself quick. Uh, he's out of the Pioneer Valley at the moment. He's living over in Northampton, but he is originally a Berkshire boy. So let us go to our interview with Justin Hillman, who has having a CD release party tonight. So hurry up and listen to the interview and make plans to go there. And we are joined by Justin Hillman, who has released his was third album, Have I Not Found You Yet. Welcome to the show, Justin. Thanks for having me, Jason. You, um, you released this back in September, on September fifth. Uh, mm-hmm. Where'd you have the release party?
2: Well, the release party is actually coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the show at the Whitney on November 20th. Um, that, that would have been at the end of September, um, but the lovely musicians I play mm-hmm. with
0: had another tour come up. Um, um, but we're looking forward to a late celebration. Well, we're very lucky then here in the Berkshires that uh, we get to be there for that party. So it's at the Whitney Center, which is in downtown Pittsfield, um, and that's a really great that's a really great space. Um, it's not it's not too big, you know. It's uh, it's a yeah. good size. Yeah, it's a nice um, intimate
2: size venue. Um, played a handful of times with friends of mine um, who I back up called Oaks and Smith. Um and it's always at the Whitney it's always sort of the to me the perfect balance of um you know audience size, room size and like intimacy and performance.
0: Um it it all works really nicely there. Good sound there too. Good acoustics. Um well let's talk a little bit about about the Berkshires. You're you're living in Northampton now, but you're from the Berkshires originally. Whereabouts? I am. Um
2: I kind of think of the Berkshires as almost one town, Um, but I grew up mostly in Lee um, with lots of family in Richmond, went to schools in Stockbridge and Great Barrington, and um, then uh, lived in Pittsfield for a while. So all over most of South County, and
0: uh, yeah, it's a lovely area to be from. Of course, you're in Northampton now. What what, uh, sent you that way?
2: Um, Well, I got married a little over a year ago, um, which it's ironic that I released an album called Have I Not Found You Yet after that. Um, (laughs) There was some explaining to do about that title, I'm sure. (laughs) Yep. Um, But my wife is a grad student out here at UMass Amherst, and um, I've been connected to lots of musicians here for a while. So um, it really worked nicely for both of us. Uh, It's close enough to home. And there's a really rich uh, community of musicians here too to be to a part
0: of. Yeah, there sure is. Uh, we've talked about that on this show before. Um, it's it's getting to the point where people from pretty much all over um, the Eastern Seaboard, at least, know that uh, that the Pioneer Valley and the Five Colleges area is this this unexpected hotbed. Yeah. Over, the, over the last like five years or so. Yeah, it's a real oasis of sorts. I've asked the question before. Why do you think so?
2: Oh, hmm. I mean, my my sense of it is, I mean, similar to reasons the Berkshires are appealing is like proximity to New York and Boston, and that combined with all the colleges here that just keep a young community here all the time. That I think can, um, you know. Provide the the demand for the supply of musicians that are here. I think that has a lot to do with it.
0: Yeah, I I I hadn't heard the uh, the New York and Boston angle before in that question or as an answer to that question, but that makes a lot of sense. Um, And and certainly the colleges. uh, I've got some friends who joke that if you live in Northampton, you don't actually ever have to grow up. um, (laughs) It might be true. You know, of so like the Peter Pan town, the, the Neverland of, 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 the, of Massachusetts. Um, uh-huh. so, so you grew up and uh, you say that uh, you did a lot of uh, family song circles. You were surrounded by music. Uh, tell us about growing up in, yeah. in music. Well, um,
2: I mean, my, the family history on my, my mom's side, my great-grandfather was a cattle farmer, dairy farmer in, in Richmond, Mass., um, and family just sort of like built on his land. And so when I drive through Richmond, there's just all these houses that everyone on my mom's side of the family sort of grew up in. And so we, uh, grew up spending a lot of time with them in many campfires and many song circles where I was exposed to music that I didn't really like at the time as a kid. Um lots of traditional songs and lots of like John Denver and James Taylor and Neil Young. Um, and growing up, I was very creative artistic and as a musician became more of a, you know, punk rock fan and played punk bass, um, but started writing songs right away. And I still haven't quite figured out how I made the transition. Um, I think it was just, just growing up, uh, and emotional experiences changed and led me to, you know, acoustic singer songwriter music that felt like was, uh, came from seeds planted in me as a kid.
0: <laughs> well, I want to talk a little bit about your lyrics. Um, you, sure. you have, and I'm going to, I'm going to make some comparisons that are, you know, well, I'll let you make of them what you will, but you've got a, a wisdom. In your lyrics, that is is rare, mm-hmm. in somebody you know. You're you're in your mid twenties, late twenties. Yeah, twenty six. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty rare to find the kind of um, insights, and in I in, in your in your tunes. Oh, uh, thank that, you. Well, it's it's. I can think of a few. I mean, you know, historically, you know, John Prine. Um, mm-hmm. Was you know, his very first album uh, blew people away because of it, it? Sounded like it was written by somebody much older with a lot more world mm-hmm. world experience, and I get the same sense from your songs. Um, where's the source material f- for your for your for this album, especially?
2: Hmm. Um, well, at this point, I'm as when I'm making an album, I'm really drawing from songs that I, I may have written. That, you know, this year in songs that I wrote eight years ago and sort of finding links between them. So I don't always remember the source material. Um, but I think I think what you describe about wisdom in lyrics is just one of the things that I naturally appreciated about music and about singer-songwriters. Um, when I was young, those things just resonated to me and I was drawn to them. So, um, you know, definitely... Artists like Neil Young, who have lyrics that really require a lot of interpreting, led me to you know, spend time thinking about lyrics and um, inspired the way that I write. And uh, James Taylor, someone who's a big Berkshires uh, presence, you know, his sort of timeless lyrics are definitely a at least subconscious source for me. Uh,
0: what is a what's an example of a of a song that you really you really wanted to Get right lyrically, mm.
2: I think um, the title track have I not found you yet? that one um, I think back to writing it 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 came came out it was one of the ones that sort of came out in one piece, which is always nice, and then um, I spent time refining it, but um, the idea of seeking. Um, in that song applies obviously to to love but also one of the other verses refers to home and i wanted to capture that um part of human experience um longing and seeking for whatever it is we're after um that's a that's a special one to me
1: That I've known a door frame, a bedpost, somewhere that I've laid my head. Who have I known Some lovers
0: Concept of a home. Hmm. How does it play into your your thoughts on on being a musician? Do you feel that I should ask it this way? Do you feel that there is a sense of place that you can't divorce your music from? Um,
2: you mean like my my personal home, or um, well,
0: hmm. that, that's the question. Is is your music? You know, you could go, for example, to to South America yeah, and you could, you could learn, you know, the chops of, of various kinds of indigenous (laughs) music there, but I don't know that it would ever, you know, maybe, maybe you could, maybe you couldn't. Do you think that where you've grown up and the places that you've been Mm -hmm. are always going to affect your? Um,
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I think that's a hard thing to, um, really look at specifically um, cause, because it is so ingrained in the experiences that um, I or anyone has had growing up in their community with their family and their friends um, and exposed to their culture. I mean, I think that's built in. And even if I were to learn some other style of music, some somehow it would make its way through, Um yeah. But ho- home, in other ways, is really important because my like I'm home now, and like this is where I work on everything. Um, mm. I always keep a studio, and so being like the back cover of this album, "Having Not Found You Yet," is a picture of my space at home. And the reason for that is just because that's a big part of the process is um, sort of being being in a little bit of solitude and really focused in my own space. Mm. Gotcha so that's what I think of when I think about that
0: gotcha now you um you describe this as um alternative folk alt folk mm-hmm um I've heard a lot of other you know labels used you know americana roots music what 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 do you think sort of defines alt folk these days
2: i think um alt folk is the genre that I tell people so that I can sort of change and do whatever I want within it. And it'll always apply. <laughs> <laughs> it's I, a lot of the times that's the hardest question to answer. And so I, I arrived at that just cause I felt like it, it seems clear and specific, but gives the flexibility needed <laughs> to still make what I'm inspired to make.
0: I think that's a great answer. There are some tunes on this, on this release. Um, that have a very, you know, they're very traditional, you know, sounding tunes. Mm-hmm. Um, they could be something that might have been written, you know, in the late 1800s, early 1900s. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are some songs that definitely have a, a, a today feel to them. Um, and I think that there are a few other artists uh, in, that came to mind as I listened to it. Uh, one of them uh-huh. being um, a, a label mate of yours, uh, Elin Jewell, Who I don't know if you've heard her yet, but she's on signature as well. Yeah, you know I've recently seen her name, but
2: I have not listened to her much. So I will I will get do my homework.
0: Well, she's she doesn't sound the same, but there's a certain um, there's a certain uh, the same sort of flexibility in Mm -hmm. terms of you know what is folk. Um, mm-hmm. and and she's done some changing between you know from one album to the next also, and I wanted to go there um it's interesting that your last album momentous change mm-hmm. um had a had a kind of a different sound to it yeah um that
2: album is a much sort of bigger orchestral production with lots of layered vocals and stuff um and um a handful of the songs on the album i'm just released um were already written then, and it was kind of a matter of choosing which direction I want to go at that moment um so i I love these big productions with string arrangements and things, but I also have a, a place in my heart for a twang and double negatives so one of the one of the thinkings when I put together this track list was like. Every song where I've said, I ain't, like, let's just put them together <laughs> and, and make that one of the themes. So that's where the more like old time Americana and folk vibe comes in. Um, and I guess I always have had I've had a little bit of trouble um, combining my taste for the twang with my taste for the more like ethereal uh spacious music um, so that that accounts for the change from one album to
0: the to the next <laughs> well, I'm guessing and, and correct me if I'm wrong but you're you're an audio engineer as well, yeah, so, so that must inform when you start thinking about what's going to mm-hmm. go on to an album, I'm guessing it's hard for you to to not think in terms of what, you know, in, 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 a, in, a, in, the qualities of the sound itself, what's going to go together.
2: It, exactly. Um, and, you know, I think about those things musically as well as technically. So everything from what songs to like, to what microphone I'm going to sing in, um, plays a part in that, um, And I started, like a lot of people, I started recording myself when I started writing. So they've always been one process, in a sense. Hmm. Um, And a part of me wants to break away from that at some point and make an album where I get to just be a musician. But I'm still really attached to recording myself um, because I've done it for so long.
0: Yeah. And and I can say that... um... That a lot of people think of that as as a technical skill, but I I I would say that you know mixing an album well is an art form in and of itself. It's it's not something everybody can do, mm-hmm. um, and certainly not all musicians um, are necessarily equipped to to do that because of the same reasons that not all writers should be editing their own work. Right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Just because you can play it doesn't mean that you should be. Um, sticking your fingers in there and and tweaking it. Um, Not Mm -hmm. everybody's qualified for that. Um, But you seem to have a really good ear uh, for finding the right balance, uh, both within a track and in the larger picture of the album. So I I was very, my ears were very pleased to to hear that. Well, thank you. Thanks so much. Um, It's not an easy thing to do.
2: Um, And can drive one mad (laughs) (laughs) when you're by yourself working on your own stuff and going, going from the, the musician's perspective to the like scrutiny of, um, d- just listening closely for like sounds that shouldn't be there, like the, the least musical parts of it going between those two headspaces can, can make me a little crazy. So I actually, uh, try to do l- less close listening and more, um, what some people call the distraction technique where you, you listen, but you don't hyper-focus unless you absolutely have to, so that you essentially don't go out of your mind.
0: <laughs> well, I'll tell you that the, the the test that I would give this new album, uh, and, and this is for all listeners, is listen to this album on a road trip. Mm-hmm. To me, <laughs> I really feel like this is certainly one of 2015's best road trip uh, releases. Um, because you can listen to it, and it sort of weaves in and out of your your sort of frontal mind,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you know you're hearing it, you're able to carry on a conversation. Uh, you know, this is after you've heard it a couple of times, uh, you know, so you don't have to focus on the, the lyrics every single time. Um, but you can find yourself just sort of bebop and down the road, um, and uh, and it's 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 a good companion uh, on, a, on a lonely lonely car trip. <laughs> um, your voice, your um, I I could not come up with a um, I couldn't come up with any sort of comparison. It's a really, it's really um, it's hard to compare to to anyone else. There's sort of a blend. Is mm-hmm. this is this sound this you know the organic sound of your voice? Is it something that you've worked on? Is it is it just is it, or is it just you?
2: Um, a combination of me working on it and me, um, you know, growing and developing my voice just physically. Um, I made my first album. I started working on it when I was 16 or 17. Um, And at that point, you know, I still had a a kid's voice. So I, I put effort into making it, making my voice unique that um, in ways that actually makes it hard for me to listen to that album now. Um, so there definitely was a lot of, like, conscious thought about, like, how, like, how do I have a unique voice? Um, and I, there's debate about whether that is how one should sing, but I think of it as any other instrument. Like, I can change my guitar playing to change the tone of the guitar. Um, so why not do that with the instrument of my voice? Um, but I do, I feel like on, on this album, I've finally my voice has finally landed in a place that I feel like it, it will stay like it's comfortable and natural. Um, And I don't know how much of that is attributed to practice and thinking about it or how much of it is actually just that um, I'm a man and not a teenager now.
0: (laughs) I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't separate the, the rehearsal, the practice, the, the training from the the product in the end you know mm, yeah um, you 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 know physically you're not the same person you were when you were 19 right and, you know it just as <laughs> i am physically not the same person i was when i was 35 i mean my voice is rather different um and yeah. you know if i thought that i could sing you know sort of raunchy new orleans blues
2: mm-hmm. back
0: then i sure can now <laughs> um, I mean my voice is perfectly ragged and and uh, kind of beat up at uh, you know uh, it I I can sing of you know whiskey and cigars I think pretty you know authentically um uh-huh. but um but yeah I mean you you're going to end up you're going to end up having sort of the sum of all of your experiences some of them random and unplanned and some of them um you know methodically you know nurtured and I think that it's all authentic because you, it all brings you to the place where, you know, your listener is is not hearing your listener is not hearing your technique. They're only hearing you. Right. Yeah. There's one hopes. Mm. Yeah. Unless they're a studio engineer too, so then they might be listening for a technique. <laughs> It's true. Now you but, do you do work. Um, you do also uh, do studio work as well. Um, do you do I this do. for other musicians? Do you do it for corporate clients? What, what What's your What's your mainstay?
2: I do. I do it with um, other musicians um, and occasional, you know, um, small audio jobs. I'll do on occasion, like a restoration of old records or old recordings and things like that um, for like non musician clients. Um, but I do, uh, play as a guitar, as a studio musician and record other artists, um, here at home. And my studio is entirely mobile. So I spend a long time picking select pieces of gear that I can, um, just sort of quickly pack up. It takes me like 30 minutes and I can take my whole studio to track a, a live band, um, to a like better space than my apartment, um, nice, which I think is the, the way of the future, or really the way of the present when it comes to making records.
0: Yeah, I can't get my kids ready for school in thirty minutes, so I'd like <laughs> to see that. No, you're right. I mean, I you know somebody said, uh, "Can you can you come and do an interview here?" I said, "Well, I have a laptop, so of course I can." Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'm sure you have a little more gear, but uh, yeah, you can you can fit it in the back of a hatchback these days. Yeah, totally.
2: Um, it makes it really fun too to, to um, and sort of scout out a place that we might want to record um, and uh, s- take the equipment we want to a beautiful barn or a small cottage rather than trying to find a studio that is really expensive and has all everything perfect. Um, it makes it makes each record um, sort of a signature of its own. Hmm.
0: That's a neat idea. That's a neat idea. So um will you be recording at the Whitney Center on, on November twentieth?
2: Oh, some sort of recording. Um I won't be doing it because that's too many things to do at once. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh yeah, we'll we'll at least capture some video um but not a not a live it, like album setup.
0: Gotcha. Um let me uh let me ask you know i know you've just you've just come out with this this album a couple of months ago what uh, what's on the horizon do you have are you already thinking of of your next project or
2: already in the middle of recording it oh, my uh, okay. in september um in september i spent a i spent a week with um a handful of the guys who will be playing with me next friday and we just did um sort of one day after another getting everyone's parts down. So I have, I have the bones of a, of a record that it might be shorter. It might be an EP. Um, but uh, there's not much else to say about that
0: now because right,
2: it's still, right. still in early stages.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, people can get a hold of this music where – you can find it everywhere. You can download it on iTunes,
2: you can stream it on Spotify for the, you know, mainstream channels, um and then you can get it directly from me through um my website, justinhillman.com, uh where there's a link to my Bandcamp store, um and it's available on on vinyl, on 12-inch vinyl, thanks 150
0: to... milligram vinyl. Yeah. So the good um, stuff there, yeah. Well,
2: it, 180 or higher is the oh. best stuff. Oh, is it? But, okay. But it's still good stuff. Um, in that, this album was really made for that. That was my intention. Um, but so, thanks to some uh, great uh, crowdfund supporters, uh,
0: it exists. And I'm really proud of it. Nice, nice. Well, we will provide a link to that in the show notes, as we always do, as well as a link to the Whitney Center for the Arts in Pittsfield, so that in case anybody needs directions, they can find them right there. Uh, great, Justin. I wanna I wanna say thanks so much for coming on Indies and Exposure. It's really been um, it's been great listening to your your take on music on. Alt folk on the sense of place that uh, home is. Um, and I want to send everybody, well, actually, not everybody, but a lot of people, as many as can fit in the Whitney Center, um, to, uh, to your show on the 20th. Um, awesome. <laughs> uh, anything else, uh, we should plug while we're here? Any supporters, any, um, you know, your family, your, 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 uh, doting spouse? Uh, who needs a shout out? <laughs> oh, man. Um, you know,
2: all all my family and friends for for helping me do what I do. As much as it's as much as it's a do it yourself thing, I record myself, promote myself, it's it's really not the truth. It's a do-it-together thing. Um
0: nothing happens without a whole lot of people behind you, so mm. <laughs> wise words right there. Definitely wise words. All right. Give us a song uh, we're gonna play Have I Not Found You Yet? Um kind of mid-track but give us uh, give us a song to take us home how about Lazy Eye the the opener of the album perfect perfect all right well Justin I want to say thanks so much again and we will catch up with you hopefully when that EP or that full length album comes out sounds great thanks for having me Jason take care bye bye
1: Into pieces, just hang on to me and don't put up a fight down by the riverside. Where you saved my life, kept my head from going under. Still, I can't breathe, and I know you will never see this light.
0: I hope the world hears about Justin Hillman. I think it will. Talented, talented young singer-songwriter, and you can check him out tonight at the Whitney Center for the Arts uh, at his CD release party for "Have I Not Found You Yet?" Plenty of plenty more good tracks on that on that release. So uh, go see him live, and then pick up a copy of the CD or download it. Uh, there are links at the show notes, and I'm sure that he also has uh, probably some physical copies uh, with him tonight. That's our show for this week. I thank you for joining me, and tune in again for another episode of Indecent Exposure here at the Greylock Glass. Now you can subscribe through iTunes. Just look for the button to the right of the show notes in the sidebar. Also, don't forget to sign up to receive Prism a weekly update from the Greylock Glass that includes exclusive content and updates about the shows. Just look for the sign-up box in the top right-hand corner. For now, thanks for listening, and we hope you join us next week for another episode here at the Greylock Glass.